Warning. This episode contains topics such as depression, anxiety, suicide, and drug addiction. If you or your loved one needs help, please call the Suicide and Crisis Helpline at 988. Again, please call the Suicide Helpline at 988. You are not alone, and we love you. Hi, friend. Hi, friend. Welcome back to the Friend Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm your co-host, Sabrina. Uh, Welcome to our first real try at a video element. Yay. We tried last week. Yeah. And and it wasn't unsuccessful. No. But I have... She has... uh, This is her phone, actually. (laughs) Um, If you're watching with video. Yeah. Um, My phone... I have a bigger phone, like, storage-wise, and the camera's better. So we use my phone to record now. And last time we were using two phones to record. Yeah, which we realize is stupid, and we don't even need to do that. But we've just been been investing left and right in equipment. We've got guests coming on next week we've got new tripods all that yes so we're moving up we'd started we invested first in audio audio which Mm -hmm. i feel like paid off because no one wants to listen to a podcast that has bad audio no um and then now we're exploring video and seeing how that works so what's new in life what's fun and different and funky fresh um girl every time you ask this i'm like I don't know. I don't do anything. I do the same, like, three things. Okay. I don't have anything new. Nothing Sorry. New. Uh, we were supposed to get this big snowstorm on Friday night. I was so excited. And then it was a bust. So that's what's new in my life. I'm feeling pretty upset about that. <laughs> uh, the weather. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Me putting in my passcode seven times, trying to understand why it wasn't going through. Um, my phone. So do you want to do hyperfixation? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Well, my hyperfixation right now is Elmo talk. You <laughs> know exactly what I mean. The one where he's driving. Yeah. He's like, Fuck you. Well, there's this also this. From me. There's there's also this TikTok account called Faithy, I think, and it's this girl that like acts out as Elmo, and she does it so perfectly. Y'all should all look her look her up. She's really cool. She just like does all the Elmo like comedic bits, like the Rocco. Oh yeah. But yeah. she does like intense facial like okay she's like everyone check her out (laughs) i think you sent me one yeah she's funny uh she's everywhere on on my for you page now my hyperfixation is like going back to the same one is that allowed yeah uh i know a couple like one of our first episodes i talked about my obsession with sourdough bread and i still i feel like it's held very yeah gross Oh, someone's dying upstairs. <laughs> it's held very strong, but I've gotten only better with time. You should try my loaf from this week. It's like Ooh. insane. Is it sourdough still? Mm-hmm. Or is it- but it's just, I've I've been learning how to make it fluffier and like what it needs to be to thrive. So. Guys, her bread is so good. I actually. It's addicting. <laughs> we had family friends over this weekend for the long weekend. And for, it was like a birthday party and I got everyone else a gift, but I couldn't figure out what to get like these, like my mom, like my parents' friends because i don't know it's hard yeah and i feel like they're my second parents yeah definitely. but so i got the, i gave them a loaf of sourdough bread and i was like I, I assumed that they would bring it you know home and like eat it and we ate the whole loaf like oh my god the same day the whole loaf was gone <gasps> they were just ripping it like full fiends. Loaf? yeah i love that but honestly that's how it's supposed to be eaten it's so good we were talking about the fact that like you would never buy a 
store-bought loaf of bread and, and eat, eat it. it like that. <laughs> no. But then all of a sudden you're like, like chips. Yeah. <laughs> so sourdough bread and just like the general art of it. It's yeah. like a real, you it's a to, scientific thing. Last time that you said it was like her, your hyperfixation, you were just getting into it, I feel like. Yeah. And now, now I'm, you're in it. Yeah. Now I'm much more interested in like the science behind why it needs like a certain amount of time to rise and like stuff like that. Because, yeah. you know, you have to first start by making it and then you can tweak. Yes. Yeah. And you learn. The Your first one was like very dense very dense and it was not still as good, sour though. but now it's yeah. like it's it definitely had good flavor still but now it's like a fluffy yeah. bread and now i'm venturing into sourdough like sandwich loaves Ooh, so love that exciting can't <coughs> wait to have like five pieces later today yeah literally <laughs> also i feel like because it's so fluffy it doesn't feel like a hard like filling dense bread yeah feels that's true yeah am i <laughs> so good um i feel like i don't have like a hot take right now i have one hot take uh because i experienced it today well i have a hot take but it doesn't really go with oh i don't either okay um so i took the bus to get to somewhere is this the 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 driver yeah okay public transportation should be either on time or late never early like, what are you doing if it says I will if it says the bus will get there at 10 and then it gets there at 1052 or no, 952. <laughs> That's ridiculous. What am I supposed to do? Wait 25 minutes. One thing about Sabrina is she has she's an old man. If like the get off my lawn, like Sabrina <laughs> believes the world was built to serve her specific type of being not like not you okay but like she'll be like isn't it just ridiculous that like people don't like the bus thing i get it but like she gets passionate about it yeah because i depend on it right (laughs) or like and like you depend on it you were waiting for me we were meeting yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like that is fair especially i feel like i grew up in new york city Mm-hmm. and the public transportation if it was fast that meant they were all coming faster yeah but if it's such such a shitty metro region like yes dc, DC it doesn't mean the other bus is coming sooner no. it means that it's a bigger gap in between buses yeah yeah i feel like you know it's not the that MTA, hard to just not come early the mta in new york city huge shout out big <laughs> fan the what is it here m dot m dot m yeah maryland department of transportation yeah bye girl bye yeah get better Mm. uh my hot take is kind of like a very niche hot take okay uh i don't this is such i'm just like adding my mom so bad in this (laughs) i don't just say it (laughs) but i my hot take is that tchotchkes are dumb (laughs) and i said what i said (gasps) you don't like your hedgehog my mom <laughs> decided to buy me these little mini figure hedgehogs yeah. that are like in different positions holding like different earth things, earth things like A flowers pumpkin. and pumpkins. She got, bought me two of them already. And then she forgot that I already had this one. She bought me a third one. My mom loves tchotchkes. I, I have tchotchkes, but yeah. I feel like I can point to a tchotchke and say like, I got that in Michigan. Yeah, like my bookshelf in my living room has tchotchkes. It has a custom Coke bottle that Alex bought me, which I feel like. Yeah. And then the little Lego flowers, but Bethany bought that for me. That was like our first friendship thing that she got me. And, you know, a little crochet bunny. 
Yeah, so but just like, something that you find. It's not just somewhere. a random thing that like doesn't have a meaning. Yeah. So that's my hot take. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. So today we're talking about a little bit more of like a heavy topic. I guess we could, do we need like a trigger warning? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about mental health today. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing, this is also to not to discount. We haven't been through as hard of hardships as some. That's true. But we just wanted to be open and honest and talk about our journeys with our mental health, things that we still struggle with now, mm-hmm. and our depressed, uh, our eras of depression. Yeah. Um, and, like, touch on, I don't know, not normalize it, but just talk about it. Yeah, just talk about our experience. Yeah. So, to start out, I am diagnosed ADHD and anxiety. Mm-hmm. but I am not medicated and that was a choice that I made for myself because I was diagnosed with both of those things very late in life mm-hmm. and partly I don't think it puts up that well my fiance's best friends are here <laughs> uh and this is also a PSA as an educator and a parent uh, oh not me parent as a nanny <laughs> and an educator I went to a Montessori-based school that did very, very little traditional schooling, mm-hmm. and I think that that's why I was never diagnosed with ADHD mm, because there sense. was never an opportunity to see it. Yeah, and that is why I never got an IEP for it, and I did need accommodations. Like I, I probably did need extended time and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to middle and high school, which was the only experience I had with a real traditional education i was told that i had testing anxiety and that's why and all this stuff and it was really like i just couldn't my attention is just not there there at all (laughs) and i don't blame anybody for that i think and also you know there's different ways to test somebody for that and both of mine are very manageable like it doesn't it's not debilitating in any part of my life really it's Mm -hmm. annoying sometimes but it's not like debilitating for me so i am diagnosed with both of those things and i chose not to medicate because one i felt like i had made it really far in life mm-hmm. and two both of our moms are diagnosed with uh your anxiety too right yeah with anxiety and my mom's on zoloft and your mom is on something different i forget i, forget I always what it's forget called. but both of them have experienced this like kind of like disassociative like general dis like general just like disinterest and like emotions sort of Mm -hmm. from the medication yeah from the medication and i don't want that yeah i'd rather be overly emotional and a little bit anxious sometimes yeah than not care about anything i also i mean i don't know if it's true for your mom but for my mom she had panic attacks like to the level of like you know just generally not being very healthy like she mentally could not handle some of the emotions that she you know that anxiety brought um, and so I don't know if you feel that way. I don't think so. I don't feel that way. My anxiety is very manageable and I do have a lot. I've also been in talk therapy for 14 years. <laughs> wow. And like basically it's nonstop. Yeah, that's a relationship. <laughs> um, my therapist actually just found out that I have a podcast oh. and she was like, I love that outlet for you. So <laughs> shout out if you're in the, actually she does telehealth. So yeah. shout out Elm Therapy and Wellness. <laughs> love their work recommend um and so i feel like i've had a lot of opportunity to work through it my mom experiences like insomnia most of her biggest anxiety like 
symptom is like extreme insomnia mm-hmm. and like the inability to just shut her brain off and so and the hyperfixation on like random stuff that's my mom too yeah and so i it has been helping her mm-hmm. but i do think she it scared her too to like feel like she might have like lose control of like who her personality was yeah so i personally decided not to medicate and that's always something you can go back and yeah decide to do later but for right now i'm like fine with that i think mm-hmm. like adhd is like what makes me really cool because <laughs> like everybody loves having a conversation with me that's um, right it's not like talking to a goldfish at all and it's funny because i remember i'm very observant yeah it's really weird yeah, i notice <laughs> and remember random stuff but like tell me something that's happening and like tell me ask me something that you you told me 10 seconds ago and i can't do you it. know why it's because instead of like paying attention to our conversation you're looking at my ring and like my hair yeah <laughs> and that's how you notice or oh, i'm like, like your hair looks different when we're in a conversation with uh, in public i'm listening to someone else yeah yeah but today we wanted to talk about more, like, n- not normalizing, because I think it is pretty normalized now, but... Which is great. Yeah, depression and not being okay all the time, mm-hmm. and the idea that life doesn't have to be really hard to be sad. True. I think, like, as somebody who is friends with a lot of older people because mm-hmm. of my nanny career and stuff like that i'm like oh my life's not as important as theirs because they're they have two kids and mm-hmm. whatever like they're they're a single mother yeah, and like, like what do but, i have to yeah like about? i don't i don't have anything compared to that and it doesn't have to be that in no. order to be sad or hard or anything like that um and i feel like the episodes that are the best are the ones that were like more emotionally vulnerable yeah and of course like we want to have fun on the podcast we want to whatever but this is an important this is an important topic for us i feel like because we talk about it often yeah you and me and like we always complain about it and we talk about it with each other so like why not bring it up and like really go into detail about what we yeah. go through so i think we should be tra- like neither of us have had like suicidal thoughts no or anything like super chronic mm-hmm. but like if that is you like help is there and we'll like have hotline number and stuff i feel like yes but this is just like let me our silly little yeah let me and also like let us like expose ourselves like yeah we are not always happy life's not always been easy i think i think especially with the the age of social media it does look like life's always happy yeah especially for someone like me who posts like all the time i think it also is the norm for people even though we are talking about depression and stuff more Mm -hmm. nowadays we also are trying to hide these things because we're everything is out there you know our lives are out there so like you can both either be very open but also lie or you can be both at the same time because you know it is whatever you want to do on the internet yeah so we're kind of touching more on like the deeper stuff i just wanted to say that i also am diagnosed with those things so that it's yeah. like i am not diagnosed with anything but i also have minor minor markers for ocd if you've been to my house you know yeah but <laughs> <laughs> you mean cleaning something at that tiktok of um midnight isn't normal? i don't have the compulsive like the obsessive like i need to tap something oh, multiple yeah. times like that's a true mm-hmm. ocd thing but like generally i have markers i don't have diagnosed like i have diagnosed markers but i didn't like it's all everything's a spectrum autism asperger yeah. anything's a spectrum so i'm on the spectrum of ocd but not like chronic yeah 
And that's like definite, definite. You've been, Mm -hmm. oh, interesting. I didn't know. Uh, Like five years ago, I asked my therapist if I could be referred to a psychiatrist just to like see. Mm -hmm. Because I think without a doctor, you can totally see that people have these issues. Yeah. And so you don't really need to go to a doctor to have anxiety. Like, no. You have anxiety. Everyone has anxiety. <laughs> but it was just interesting because I do... I don't think it lets me off the hook in anything. I just think it'd be nice, like... I know people have longer attention spans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why, I want to know. Yeah. It's also good to know, so, like, if you want to be medicated, if you yeah. want to work on something specific, you can because you know what you have. So a psychiatrist and a therapist are different. A psychiatrist can provide you, prescribe you medication. Mm-hmm. And a psychi- uh, therapist cannot. So, well, it de- there's many different. My cousin Lucy's like listening to this right now. Like you're dumb, <laughs> but like roughly, you cannot be a talk therapist. Cannot di- like cannot diagnose you. They can recommend that you go to a psychiatrist. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like you're more. I think the more vulnerable you are, the more you find people that have the same thing. Yes, definitely. Um, I've learned that a lot in the past year with like family stuff. So, we're just here to be, like, big sister vibes. Yeah. Like, um, so, I, for the long, I am a very optimist person. Optimistic? Optimistic. Wow. I can't speak today. I'm a very optimistic person, and for the longest time, I didn't think, like, I would be hit with depression. Um, but the first time I, like, had a an inkling for it, like, if I had that sort of feeling a little bit, it wasn't too too crazy, was sophomore year of high school. And it came on so randomly. Like, I'm not quite sure what even caused it. But it was, like, one summer. The summer between... Oh, my God. I remember this. Sophomore year and junior year. I was just so incredibly sad. Um, I couldn't sleep. Um, I just had these, like, really annoying, like, sad thoughts all the time. And it wasn't even, like, nothing was happening in my life that caused it. It was really so much, like, that uh, big mouth episode i don't know if you guys have seen but big mouth has like this personification of depression it's just like this big fat cat that like hugs you that's how it felt and it was random um so that was my first like experience with depression and i don't think it was that bad because it really only lasted like a couple of weeks that it was really down in the dumps um depression also is not um chronic depression runs in my dad's side of the family Mm -hmm. and that's like kind of like a constant like i love how we're talking about mental health and they're up there geeking (laughs) um surround yourself with friends guys uh that's that's characterized by extreme sadness and like a a kind of like constant hum of sadness all the time that's different than Mm situational depression i think yes and ours is very situational yeah like mine definitely is always situational i've never i think prior to like meeting you and your family i don't think i've ever met anybody that's been open about depression and feeling that way um and that was the first time i actually like heard about it or experienced it like and you would never look at my family and think any of them are sad no absolutely not like i had never experienced it or talked to somebody about that feeling before i knew it existed because it was on, you know, the, in, out in the world, and I heard about it from school and whatnot, but I didn't have any personal connection with it. And then that happened, and I was, it was scary. Like, I was very confused why I was so sad. I tried, because I'm an optimist, I tried everything to get myself out of it. It's also, like, not always 
like it's random and like especially if you're happy a lot yeah or you're like pretty like yeah most of the time you're like what why yeah yeah literally and i remember like i feel like i stopped talking to you for a little bit like Mm. there were was that that during that month i think it was or like that's when it started for me i think i was just like shut down it's like a funk yeah, it was a weird funk. I was shut down. Didn't want to talk to anybody. I remember I locked myself in my room every day and, like, watched Netflix and listened to 21 Pilots. And, like, that was my entire, like, day for, like, two weeks or so. Um, so, yeah, that was my – I was a teenager. I was, like, what, 15? Something like that. No reason for it. That was my first experience. Um, I feel like now with your depression is more, like – Now it's more situational. Yeah, There's and it's basically, like, oop, it, like, it's coming. Yeah. And then you can – kind of know it's going to end after this specific a lot amount of time or this thing is over yeah for you yeah now it comes every once in a while and i can usually tell i get like i always am the same way i always kind of like shut down a little more and i become numb to emotions a little like obviously i'm very sad internally but outwardly like i don't care like i don't want to talk to anybody i don't i don't care like my brother is bothering me usually i yell at him now i'm just like bye like leave me alone yeah you know same thing with like with friends and with family i just like nothing i am a very at least with my family i get very frustrated and i'm very vocal and so when that doesn't happen then you know i'm in a funk for sure i feel like with you also both of us never really when we're depressed like we're not like hey like i'm depressed it's just like we're depressed and like we're like, eh. yeah. <laughs> and then it's like whatever but we don't say like hey friend like i'm really depressed right now but you yeah. can tell kind of my, my thing yeah you can tell yeah. my thing is always like yeah i've been depressed for like a, a like this past week yeah You're like what the heck <laughs> but it's not again like depression isn't this situational depression is not i am sad all the time i cannot get a handle on it it's like oh i'm sitting here quiet and mm-hmm. like it's not all the time mm-hmm. one thing i always like to say um and I don't know if it's healthy or not. I don't go to therapy. Um, I really want to eventually. Therapy's expensive, guys. It is. So when I get when I got a, a rolling paycheck, I'll go. <laughs> I promise. Get health PSA to get health insurance that covers mental health services. It's yes. becoming much more common now. But even the uh, insurance I was on for my whole life before my dad retired did not uh, cover mental health services. Yeah. So it's check. Because some of it, uh, mine you pay out of pocket, and then mm-hmm. they it's out of your deductible, and then you, when you reach your deductible, they start paying for it. Yeah. So it's not, and it's expensive. Therapy is like two hundred plus dollars a session for most therapists. Yes. Out of pocket, so it's not cheap, and it is a privilege. Uh, but there are services now like BetterHelp online that are making it a lot easier to access it, mm-hmm. and BetterHelp is a lot cheaper. Yeah. So if it's something yeah, you're interested so- in. I actually looked into BetterHelp a little more. This is not a sponsorship. We wish. <laughs> we wish. Sponsor us. <laughs> but um, I looked it up and like they have student discounts. They have discounts for people that are, are unemployed. People yeah. that, you know, don't have much money. So it is very helpful if you really just don't have any other way. You can also pay up front, I think, per session. Like if you have, you can pay for four sessions and then stop. Yeah. So options. Yes. Sometimes. Yeah. So Originally, it just came out of nowhere, and then I learned a little more about myself, and I learned that this happens when I have a lot of downtime to think, a lot of downtime to, I tend to overthink my life, and, like, I fall into these pits of uh, existential 
crises, dread, <laughs> dread, regret, all these things about my life. And so whenever I allow myself to really sit with those thoughts is when I get very depressed again. So I try my best to stay away from that. But sometimes it creeps in, you know, <laughs> I'll be next to you and you're driving somewhere and I see something that reminds me like, like I see social security or something and I get depressed because I don't have one. And I'm like, oh shoot, like what is my life? So, you know, it happens. It happens like it, it, like you said, it's situational. It just comes sometimes. But I'm learning to like deal with it by ignoring it a little better. Yeah, I think noticing that you have the issue of having depression, which, and then saying like, how am I gonna get myself out of this funk? Yeah, I think that the part about clinic, clinic, clinical, <laughs> clinical depression is, uh, I don't think he would care. My dad has clinical depression and it's just like, I cannot pull myself out of this. Like I don't want to shower. I don't want to eat. I don't want to sleep. I don't want to, my dad has depressive episodes where he legitimately sleeps for like three days straight. Doesn't shower, doesn't really eat or like he sleeps all day and then he's up all night. And that's like a funk you cannot pull yourself out of. And that's like a chemical brain. Like that's a chemical imbalance in your brain and you do get medicated for that. And my dad has not been the best at getting medicated for it or he does and then he gets off of it but that that level if you're experiencing that level of depression like go see somebody yeah but everybody gets depressed sometimes and life's not always fun mm-hmm. and happy mm-hmm. and and it's okay it's honestly every time it happens with me i just learn a little more about it and yeah at least with like i like i just i'm just gonna say like my depression is not that intense so like, I am able to, like, learn from it. Other people, perhaps like your dad, probably struggle to. Not everybody's clinical depression, obviously, manifests in the same way. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, a lot of clinically depressed people have this, like, feeling like nobody would care or, like, nobody cares about them or they're, like, not valuable to the world and whatever. And my dad's clinical depression, he is not suicidal. But that is a lot of times where it stems from. Yeah. And so... It is hard as his daughter, especially, to watch, like, someone who, to you, is, like, a hero in your life, thinking Mm -hmm. that they're so, like, unimportant. And it manifests in a lot of ways. Like, my dad has a lot of physical health problems that probably could have been dealt with, like, a long time ago, but he didn't feel like he was worthy. Mm -hmm. And, like, it is sad because nobody else thinks that about him. Yeah. But it is, like, a very negative headspace, and I think it's, I'm very grateful that I don't have that. Yeah. Because I think life is very sad and hard like that Uh, yeah and it also is almost never just clinical depression it comes with like substance abuse and Mm -hmm. other things so but i think everybody also should look into their genetics because clinical depression addiction anxiety a lot of that would people would say is random yes but if your parents have it you're like much more likely to end up having it yeah um as an adopted person i could drop dead tomorrow (laughs) but if you have the gift of a medical history yeah it's very common that oh grandpa had it Hmm." Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and you know that's happened like my my dad had it his i don't know that my i don't really know grandma on your mom's side yeah my grand my grandmother my mom's side had it and now like i mean addiction runs in both side of my families and that's one person in every generation in my family has an addiction issue. So, on both sides. So, it's actually not my mom's side yet. But, um, you know, it does run in the family. And it's important to note. The more open you are, though, 
with that, the more you're opening yourself up to getting help. Like I didn't know that anybody in my family had addiction mm-hmm. except for my dad. Yeah. And then, you know, when you're 13, you like unlock the keys of the kingdom and everyone's <laughs> like, did you know so-and-so killed blah, blah, blah. And you're like, whoa. Um, I didn't so even real. know my dad was had addictive tendencies when I was a kid until they were yeah. like, did you know when your dad was blah, blah, blah. He, I was like, they have a good criminal have a good bombastic side. I, yeah, they have a good job. Um, I want to mention, I just realized, um, my dad's dad was suicidal. Mm-hmm. He actually did commit suicide. And, um, my dad, that happened when my dad was like very young. He was like nine years old or something. Um, and like that was something I only found out like a few years ago. I remember that. Yeah. So like these things are usually hidden. Not, not obviously on purpose. I think if there's but- truly anything you take from this episode is like my dad's addiction came to a head last year and like obviously i'm not gonna yeah. delve but i felt so alone and embarrassed because i was like nobody understands me or him and like i don't want anybody to think it changes a lot of people's perspectives of people sometimes completely unnecessarily mm-hmm. like i saw this girl on tiktok and she was like spending a night in my life with me as a single mom of four and she openly like blew into a breathalyzer to turn her car on and the comments just railed her and was like how are you a mother if you're like yeah and what like why what about a breathalyzer means she can't be a mother I, yeah a i always one. and a breathalyzer means she got in trouble and she's getting help for it. Yeah. A breathalyzer means that that person has to be sober to turn that car on. Yeah. That And so that's safer. Yeah. And it's so I like that normalization because it is so normal. And nobody who's a real friend or person in your life will change their opinion about that person if it's their true friend, you know? Yeah. And like, did my dad mess up? Yeah. But nobody who I've like talked to has then like, oh, that means every interaction I've had with him for the past blah, blah, blah years of my life was fake. No, of course not. I've unlocked an ick. <laughs> it's whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> the hyena laugh. <laughs> yeah. So the stigma around mental health is changing mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. And conversations like this. Mm-hmm. and our body positivity episode like those are stu- that stuff that like was so passe to talk about and now yeah. everyone's talking about it yeah so as think, they should yeah i want to also add on to um what you said about like getting help if they're getting help like that's what you want um wow i just realized my family has a lot more problems than i thought i saw um, this tiktok oh this meme yesterday that's like growing up is realizing half your health your family has mental health issues yeah. and i sent it to all my cousins and i was like only half Oh, yeah. How about three quarters? All of them. <laughs> about almost everybody who's genetically related. Yeah. I think there isn't a singer, a single singer, a, a single. Singular. I don't think there's a single person, human being out there that doesn't suffer some, from some sort of mental illness. As opposed to your dad um, who is getting help and like, you know, he's always struggled with this and he's very like open about it and knows what is happening like in his brain you know what he has um i think there is a lot of stigma in foreign families foreign oh, yeah. people about depression anxiety and all that um do you remember that tiktok that i sent you it's like your hispanic dad 
whatever. And it's like, you have depression? Go back to Mexico. We didn't have depression there. Yeah. 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 It's like, okay, King. Um, my grandpa was also, he was an addict. Um, and he never got better. He never wanted to. Or at least from the outside, he never told us, like, his Well, he said that he was going to die with a beer in his hand. Yeah, he said that. And, and then he did. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I was, I didn't know my grandpa very well. Um, but I know that like he was very closed off because of that addiction. And like, that is just how addiction was for him. Like he didn't talk about it with anybody. It was just a problem. And you know, he died that way. Um, but like, I just see how important now, like with my, my mom and my dad, they do talk about these things. I think because they had hard situations, like my dad with his dad, my mom with his dad, um, that it's important to talk. Like if you have kids, like talk to them about these things. I think also kids are a lot more observant than you think they are. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is I don't look back at my childhood and think, oh, that was a moment I knew because it was really, truly COVID that showed the true colors of my dad's issues. And it's a hard thing to accept, talk about, and not be angry over and i think if there's anything that about addiction specifically it's a family disease Mm -hmm. and it affects everybody you are not just the person abusing these substances is not the person who's suffering the only one who's suffering Mm -hmm. it's not like cancer or something like that's just that person's body it's like everybody in your life is suffering and it rips apart trust everything Mm -hmm. respect everything and you know the more open you are with your kid about you being a human the -hmm. more they respect you yeah and like we've experienced this a lot growing up this like switch of it happens around 20 i feel like Mm -hmm. you are living in a house with other adults that's Mm -hmm. not your mom or your dad that's literally just like they're just andrea and antonio paul (laughs) and wendy like that's you like, and you would probably never be friends with these people if they were on the street. Yeah. I would not be friends with my parents if I was on the street. Maybe <laughs> my mom. Actually, yes, with my mom. But maybe not, because we wouldn't be in the same circles. No. But your parents are people, and there's shit that went down. And also, this is less true with your family, because you don't live near them. But my dad has childhood trauma from stuff that happened to him that i used to be like well that's not what that grandma's not like that or like grandpa's not like that anymore and he was like yeah "Yeah, well you weren't around you know you didn't know Mm -hmm. and it's totally true yeah like the way you uh experience your grandma is different from how you also that's the whole point of being a grandparent to redo it yeah exactly and like i didn't know half the mental health struggles that my cousins have i don't have any siblings but my cousins and i are like very close all seven of us are like is there seven of us or eight of us girl there's seven of us right no there's eight of us i'm number eight but i used to see them as like they were all my idols mm-hmm. and now i'm like oh yeah because they're adults you're adult yeah you're so adult, you're like, as oh. you grow up everybody becomes an adult and it's sometimes a little scary yeah and that's okay but yeah. your parents aren't perfect and i would encourage you to have these open conversations with them Definitely. because they are willing to have them most of the time yeah it might take a while especially I see my fiance Alex like totally struggling with his parents are Vietnamese and their perception of Western culture is mm-hmm. not very open. Yeah. So they don't believe they did anything wrong mm-hmm. and they did. 
I'm not saying your parents gonna be like, oh my god, I've messed up. Like I'm so yeah. sorry. They're not gonna do that. Not always. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like even your dad, when you have these conversations with him, ugh, conversations it. with him, he'll come back to you if you had an argument and be like, you know yes. what? Yeah, I feel very grateful that my my parents are very foreign in so many different ways. Like they have that clo- more closed off mentality, but in some senses. But then I think the more they grow up, the older they get, and the more they see the world change they also like change a little bit with it and that's my favorite you know that tiktok that says like um your mom is learning too like this is her this is her first time being a mom or something no this is her first time like this is i forget it's like this is her first time living too yeah yeah and like we're all just learning it's not your parents are not going to be perfect if they're willing to have that conversation they will Maybe if you're, like, very young, they might not. Like, it de- it depends, like, where you are in life. But, like, with my mom and my dad, I only ever learned these, like, deep things about them recently. Like, in my 20s. Didn't happen at all before. So. This just turned into a therapy session about your parents. <laughs> Should I have them on? <laughs> I'll translate the whole time. <laughs> your, I feel like your experience or what your openness with your parents have always been apparent, though right yeah so i'm not saying i feel like we are like the joneses or the smiths yeah yeah like i grew up in a traditional upper middle class white family obviously i am asian but i was adopted at nine months old so 100 percent like i was mm-hmm. i'm american and my parents my mom i i always had paternal and maternal open love like mm-hmm. mental you're crying that's fine like I had very emotionally supportive parents my mm-hmm. whole life. Um, and I grew up very happy. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, we didn't have to worry about any, like, yeah, we had plenty of money. We went on vacations. Like, nothing was ever awry, really. Mm-hmm. Like, life was good. And I had never experienced, depre- like, high school, nothing. I just, I had everything I needed. Yeah. And I had two loving parents that, in my head, are, like, the best. And so, like yeah even with their issues like they were the best so you know my dad and i my dad is like the best at big open hard conversations yeah yeah and like with anybody Mm -hmm. we always joke my dad lives outside like he lives on (laughs) On my parents porch yeah (laughs) and obviously he has a bed he has a bed inside but he's always like come out and you yeah. always like sit there. It's like 30 degrees and he turns his little heater because he has a heater outside and he turns it on to you and he's just like, how are you doing? Yeah. And like he really rips India <laughs> he really and he does it with everybody, like close people. Like he'll do it with Sabrina, with my fiance, close friends he does it with. And he genuinely cares and wants to know mm-hmm. like, and I think he did that for a lot of my friends who didn't have it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember, like, I don't know about you, but like Alex was always like, I never met, like, I didn't realize like that a parent could like talk to about and care like that. Yeah. So it was always your parents that like made me want to go talk to my mom, and my dad yeah. about some of these things. And my things. mom is not like my mom is an onion. We always call her. Yeah. Like I'm uncovering things about that woman all the time. <laughs> and she had a lot more trauma in her life, especially her adult life than my dad. Well, yeah, I think objectively. Um, so with her, she always wanted to be open with me and cared about my emotions, but she would never talk about her own. Mm-hmm. And I know I don't know. I think I probably know less than half of like the hard shit that she went through. Yeah. And I might never know that stuff. And I used to, it used to really bother me and it still does. Like I feel myself like tearing up a little, but I don't think she owes it to me. No. And like, I know enough about her now. I think a lot of having me as a child 
like like when she was so old my mom adopted me when she was 49 was this like i'm starting over mm-hmm. and like this is how my story ends like yes. i'm not not thinking about the yeah the hardship in the past and it was hard stuff mm-hmm. so shout out to my um, mom's two ex-husbands you know if you're watching <laughs> this die um but i think like with her it was like tell me everything but you're not always going to get that back that's how my dad will legit cry yeah that's how i feel with my dad he's the onion in my yeah for example last may we put our dog down and my dad and i were like belly like belly crying like in the vet's office like (laughs) like a mess and my mom was just like yeah and i think it's because she's seen a lot of hard shit yeah and she was very sad but it's like move on Yeah. yeah like my dad and i wanted to stay with our dog and like pet her and like Mm-hmm. have a moment with her my mom's like we want i want to go yeah and so my dad my dad and i are also much more sentimental mm-hmm. like but i guess i could lead this into when growing up i was never sad really um and then i went to college at a college in virginia and now why am i protecting them i went to the university of mary washington in virginia <laughs> in fredericksburg virginia it's like an hour from dc mm-hmm. and i was determined to leave home remember yes. i wasn't ready to leave home at all though no i miss my parents all the time i was deeply homesick yes and the school sucked yeah and i had a great roommate but like she didn't really miss home so it was hard i feel like i had to hide a lot yeah you were um, you felt alone yeah i lost probably like 15 to 20 pounds mm-hmm. i was sleeping a lot like yeah four hour naps in the middle of the day and still sleeping all night i was coming home every weekend and like genuinely that's the lowest i've ever been and that felt so deep like that to me was situa- it was situational looking back on it but mm-hmm. it didn't feel situational at the time mm-hmm. and so i i was just sad all the time like nothing interests me i was like just literally trying to get through the day the week whatever mm-hmm. and this is also to say college is not always what it seems like yeah alabama rush sounds really fun like all this shit looks fun and it can be for a lot of people but there are a lot of people struggling with homesickness and nobody talks about it yes my roommates none of them were homesick i was in a suite with three other girls and none of them were homesick one of them lived like 30 minutes away from campus so yeah but none of them were homesick they never wanted to go home they were involving themselves whatever and it was awful because they felt alone all the time none of them had boyfriends at home Mm -hmm. like they all had fine relationships with their parents, but like, I guess I just didn't miss them. I don't know. Yeah. And so college sucked for me mm-hmm. until I moved home. Yeah. But I was, deter- everybody in my family went away for college mm-hmm. to big universities, like University of Michigan, which is like my family school. But then like, they all went out of state or stayed in state, but like lived there and it looked like they were having the time of their life. I should ask them. I've never asked them. Yeah. But I just wasn't. And I knew my grandpa paid for all of us to go to college. And I was like, he wouldn't want me to go to community college. Looking yeah. back on it now, he would not have cared. Like, no. But at the time, I was like, he wouldn't have want, he wouldn't want me to go to like community college. Like, I have to go big. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody, every one of my cousins, you know exactly what school they went to. Like, yeah. they're like, I went to Ohio State. I went to Michigan. Like, I went to Michigan State. Like, everybody, like, all of my cousins and some of them a lot of them went on to do like masters in, in medical stuff and like law yeah, and like you felt the pressure too yeah it was like a big pressure um i feel like alex my cousin alex he went to like 
maybe the most unknown school or maybe my cousin Katie but like even then you would know them in a crowd like if you told like people didn't my grandpa thought I went to the University of George Washington (laughs) and I was like no his mom Mary (laughs) like so I just it wasn't known and I was like very self-conscious about that but I didn't want to go to Maryland and I didn't want to go to Montgomery College because everybody was going there Mm -hmm. and there was a huge stigma at our high school around community college yeah which is so stupid guess who ended up at community college (laughs) i went to community college i got my degree in two years you thrived in community college so i moved home during covid Mm -hmm. it was perfect i had a huge falling out with my one of my roommates (laughs) i was like bye we went i had a huge falling out with my roommate then covid hit no then spring break oh right right, we came back for two days it was the weirdest shit ever we were just pretending that like we weren't in a huge argument and then covid it shut down and i never went back amazing I think the other thing is, like, I look back on COVID with such fond memories. Me too. And it's funny because that's not how my dad experienced it. It's not how most Americans experienced it. Yeah. But I wish for it back all the time. Yeah. It was the simple life. Mm-hmm. Get up. Sabrina and I spent a lot of COVID together. Yeah. And purposefully. Purposefully. We tricked our parents. We were like, <laughs> oh, that two-week incubation period. So she has to stay here for two weeks. Yeah. She basically moved in. I did. But then your parents moved to their house, that house with those people. Yeah. And then you didn't want to do that. So then it was a whole complicated time. Yeah. We had to move, but also we almost went back to Brazil, but then we didn't have to. So, my pa- so we had to parents, find an apartment. Her parents got a living situation with people that I worked for. Yeah. And then she didn't want to live there for mental health reasons. Yeah. So True. <laughs> she moved in with us. But that time, like, but then, like, that was the time that my dad's addiction, like, totally peaked. So yeah. no one else was having a fun time. But we were, like, going on nature walks and, like, we had a new hyperfixation every day. You had nowhere to go, nothing to do. The mm-hmm. world was quiet. Yeah. Especially living in a D.C. metro area. Like, everything was empty. And, mm-hmm. like... I think that's the thing, though. Like, we were in a situation that took us away from something that would, you know, bring us into a depression. Or, you know, like, you were away from school, which was your most difficult place to be in at that moment i was away from the living situation that my parents were in um so of course we're gonna naturally feel better yeah whereas your dad always thrived with other people and and work and he was like alone and didn't have much to do i am firmly like in belief that everything happens in your life for a reason Mm -hmm. um everything yeah but i do regret going to mary washington like i wish i never did that it was dumb i hated it and it's like, I'm not talking about meeting the people I met. I'm talking about going there. Mm-hmm. Like, I have one friend from there. Actually, two. Wow. I have two friends from there. Um, One of them, like, turned out to be, like... A bridesmaid? For, well, they both did. Forever but one of them turned out to be, like, the mother of my goddaughter. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. obviously, like... And one of them I'm, like, very close friends with, see all the time, who lives very close. Um, Well, I don't see her all the time anymore. Chrissy, we need to remedy that. But (laughs) I love them. But, you know, like, these girls that you spend all your time with and sleep in the same room as, you're fast friends because you're, like, sleeping next to these people. You don't know anything about them. Yeah. Like, if there's one thing I could tell any college student is, like, be careful. Mm -hmm. Not because... I don't think anything I'm saying right now they would disagree with. Like, we were so close so fast, and I don't regret that at all and i don't have any ill will but like those were the girls that were like the bridesmaids of my wedding the aunts of my children like couldn't tell you any like we were inseparable yeah and i don't talk to them at all anymore mm-hmm. 
And one of them, it didn't end up like my actual roommate, nothing happened. We just don't talk anymore. I don't really know why. And then the, uh, like my sweet mate, we had a huge falling out and like, I'm just not interested in, I have no hate, but I have no interest in trying to rekindle. Mm-hmm. Like I'm done. Like yeah. it doesn't add anything to my life. It doesn't add anything to hers. Like, yeah. So, and like, obviously I honestly, I don't often, I think people deserve second chances, but there was things said to me that I cannot get past. I can't get past because some of the things that she said to me was like, that's like a fundamental part of who I am. Yeah. I'm not ever going to be different than that. Yeah. Yeah. And also one of your biggest shout out, insecurities. Yeah. As well. Shout out to people who say that I like talk too much. God, I have a podcast now. <laughs> this is my outlet. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that was the most depressed I'd ever been. Yeah, definitely. And I've never been that low again, but I feel like we should talk about this in the girl talk episode, but we've both talked about this. The PMS feeling is homesickness. It is. It is. You unlocked that. You figured yeah, that out. Yeah, I unlocked so it because true. I love my parents. Borderline bestie girls. <laughs> but I can't live with them. Yeah. And throughout the month, I don't need them. To, I don't, like, I would, I go, I go over there all the time. I live, like, a mile from them. Yeah. But I just go over for a couple hours and leave. And I, I'm not crying when I leave. I'm like, yeah, bye. You're fine. The two days before my period, I, like, want to sell all my shit and move back in. Yeah. I'm like, mommy. Like. It's so true. And that's the feeling. Yeah. Apparently women, I told Sabrina this, also get that feeling. If you, I guess we're just going to talk about nipples. Yes. Oh my God. You're going to say it. (laughs) So I have tired nipples. Yeah. So when I'm falling asleep, this is so intimate. It's okay. When I'm falling asleep, like. My nipples make me sleepy. Like, if I'm just, like, sitting there, like, every girl rubs their nipples. Yes. Duh. It's not, like, a don't say intense you don't. sexual thing. It's just, no. like... It's, like, a thing. It's, yeah. like, a, it's almost, like, a baby thing. Like, when you're a baby and you're, like, caressing some part yeah. of your body, it means You're just, something. like, rubbing on your body. Or, like, you know... You, some people fall asleep with their hand in their pants. Yeah. I don't think it's any different. No. I have tired nipples. It's, like, a melatonin for me to just, like, sit, like... And to have like my, my even just rest my hand on my boobs. I have sad nipples. Syndrome. Sabrina has sad nipples. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I've heard women who, when they breastfeed, they cry because they're so homesick every time. Yeah, I think that's going to be me if I ever. Am I gonna get sleepy? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe it'll change for you. You never know. Yeah, I don't. Have but to. it is exactly that feeling. It's like it's homesickness. Like, You're just sad for no. And she lives with her parents, reason. so like. Yeah where's the home I, but no it's strange that's the yeah. thing like i want to be i live with them and i want to not live with them but like sometimes i will get that feeling i'm like oh i should go like talk to my dad <laughs> i literally never miss them in that time i never miss living with my parents but three days before my period depression <laughs> i'm like i just maybe everything's wrong and i just like need my mom yeah like i also feel that way with friends too though Oh, I don't feel like that. Like, when my period hits, I'm like, hey, friend, want to hang? No, mommy. <laughs> it's not even for a person. It's a place. It's a smell. It's a... A state. A state. Yeah. Also, like, I always remind myself when I'm PMSing, which, like, obviously PMS is not rational. But, like, girl, you're going to go back to their house and, like, you don't have a room. True. Like, I don't have a bed there. I do have a bed there. It was my bed. Now it's a guest bed. Yeah. I have nothing there. Yeah. But, like... Do you want to just, like, what is this feeling? You just want to stay there for a day? I miss, this is nothing against my fiance. I yearn 
during that time for my room when I lived upstairs. And it was like the three of us, four Mm -hmm. with Starberry. And I was like in high school, like in that room with that bed. Like I actually exactly, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Because I yearn for, or my old apartment days when I was in high school and all I had to worry about was homework. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, and I don't, but I don't miss my house. I don't miss the house now. I can go back to it any time. Yeah. It's the time. Ugh. Now I'm down in the dumps. <laughs> like, Alex started living with us full time during COVID. Yes. And then we just moved in together. Yeah. So I haven't had my own bed for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I also think in the next stage of your life, you'll probably feel that nostalgic feeling or that homesickness for this period. You know what I yeah. mean? I think just the older you get. But I don't want to, like, whenever Alex leaves town, like, he was in Germany for two weeks, a couple weeks, two years ago. Mm-hmm. No, a year ago. A little over a year ago. And I, like, was, I, I did not like being alone. I was at my yeah. parents' house all the time. <laughs> I was, like, leaving stuff on. I, I don't know. Like, I was paranoid, anxious, all that. Yeah. So it's not like I want to be alone again. Yeah. It's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. There's no reason for it. It just happens. I understand. I think a lot of people would would relate to this. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, I feel like depression, clinical depression is different. I feel like we're not talking about clinical depression. We're talking about situational. But I think that the main thing that I feel like people should take away from this whole episode is the fact that it's so cliche because everyone, I know people who are depressed my dad like you're not alone does not help people yeah but talking to somebody about it hearing about it and you're not always asking someone to fix it you almost never are but i've probably met over a dozen people in my life almost directly one of our friend not friends but someone from our high school was at the same rehab as my dad at the same time yeah and i didn't know that but if i had never shared and been vulnerable Mm mm-hmm there, there's only a stigma of when you don't talk about it yes people go to rehab people yeah. need help let's help mm-hmm. that means you're getting better it's yeah. not like i remember when my dad went to rehab for a month i was so embarrassed to tell anybody like he was too he was like i'm going on he would tell people he was going on like a wellness retreat or like what are you gonna tell your boss you know yeah he was retired by then but like you know what would you tell people who see you in a certain way that that's not who that it, it i always saw addiction depression all these things as like the person and then the issue the issue yeah. the issue is not the person no it's like person first language and education you don't mm-hmm. say um autistic sabrina you'd say <laughs> sabrina who has autism yeah. person first language like he's not paul the addict he's not paul the addict he's like i am paul and i have an addiction Mm -hmm. that's very different Mm -hmm. but like the more you don't talk about it that shows shame and it does show that you are like it is something to be afraid of yes but a lot of people have addictive qualities tendencies Mm -hmm. and it's not a lot of people have depression anxiety all those things and it's not anything to like not share with somebody yeah but obviously in a safe environment in a safe environment knowing i mean people know you know when you feel good when you open up with someone and you know like you can trust them and you feel some you feel seen or heard by that person and like i've experienced that a lot just like hearing like the situation with your dad hearing from him himself from you 
from like my dad when he finally opened up about his his dad like that's how that it's those moments that you realize like i feel like you though were so intimately involved in my family's life from 2011 to now yeah like or 2012 whenever we became friends 2011 no 2012 i know is it 2011 though 2011 fall of 2011 yeah yeah so like because we met seventh our email is wrong (laughs) um but she saw like the ups and downs of my family yeah like people see it and people would email my mom sometimes after they had dinner at our house and like ask if he was okay like it wasn't like hidden but like you think it is like because no one's gonna talk about it yeah but it's hard for you to not yeah have like if you have a friend who's like that close Mm-hmm. And honestly, like when I when he admitted it, it probably just made more sense. Yeah, definitely. It's I think it's just overall helpful for I don't know how he feels. I'd have to have a conversation about this with him to know, so I can't speak for him. But for me, it really solidifies a little more of our my connection with him, my relationship with him. Like I feel closer to him. I would hope he feels closer to me. And like that is the point of being open about some of these things. Part of alcoholics anonymous aa which is a perfect like a for those of you who don't know just like a support group essentially for alcoholics but also there's not there is narcotics anonymous but everyone who has substance abuse goes to aa regardless of the substance mostly because it's more established and it's like literally community meetings that you go to and one there's it's called the 12-step program because there's 12 steps and one of the last steps is actually making amends like saying sorry but after everything happened with my dad that was like the height of it he did apologize to everybody Mm -hmm. yeah and but i was the last one he apologized to so but he told that like he told sabrina and alex he was like i don't i don't want to talk to her about it yet because i know she's not ready and i'm not ready to hear what she has to say so she he actually apologized to them first Mm -hmm. and then me and i really got upset about that first yeah because i was like why is he talking to these people who are not his child about because it's easier it's easier yeah so i feel like and i was mad and i didn't trust like addiction is not like it's addiction. no and it's also not it affects so many other emotions it's trust respect love all this stuff Mm -hmm. and it's like very confusing emotionally and like i you don't get through that alone but if you just say hey my blah 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 this happened to him you'd be surprised how many people experience the same thing and fun like ironically enough not ironic but just like nice multiple people in our lives that are extremely close to my family also had addiction problems Mm -hmm. like close friends of my family and so it's just like now he's with them Mm -hmm. and it's not i remember hearing about all these people had addiction in my life and i was like oh my god yeah are you for real yeah that's so crazy um it's just more common and the more you talk about it it's lighter it becomes lighter the more you talk about it i would i think yeah and i mean i'm it's not to say that it solves everything but like it helps you know you don't feel some people don't feel so so alone other people just have another outlet something to think on like in the future if you open up with this one person and it felt good in the moment you'll think back on it yeah you'll you'll give them a call if you need if yeah. you want you know so just talk to people <laughs> talk to people and a professional a professional so friend afford it <laughs> yeah. most people can but also this is so weird but in the van life community on youtube (laughs) 
there was this <laughs> girl who committed suicide and it basically like started this whole wave of people who were just like take care of each other and it's like so cliche but so true mm-hmm. just like take care of each other yeah oh my god this just reminded me of that thing that i realized the other day um that humans are social beings <laughs> i just like realized that's like how so true- insightful how no i just realized how true and real it is like we depend on each other we are herd people like we need people around us even though we you know we can be as independent as we want and like live alone and whatnot but like at the end i am not the one though you need to know who to go to yeah i am not the friend who's crying over your ex with you absolutely not i'm like build a bridge and get over it (laughs) that was two days ago yeah is this your one woman show because i ain't got you know what sometimes you need that friend yeah like, like i go to my brother when i need to be mushy and i go to her when i need to be told yeah. something real. but i'm also doing it because i'm like you are that bitch yeah why are you acting like this yeah true like the day she broke up with her ex i was like all right time for a lizzo party Hell like we're yeah. done <laughs> but like with chrissy when she broke up with her boyfriend in college she was like late to dinner because she was like talking to her boyfriend her ex and i was like i'm hungry let's go bro <laughs> let's go and sometimes you need that friend who's just like we're not going to talk about it we're not going to think about it mm-hmm. but it's interesting because people know that about me and still come to me with that shit because they want it subconsciously they know that what they're going to get and they want that i feel like brian does not though we can ask him we can ask him but <laughs> i have friends who i feel like continue to come to me and i'm like you know you're not gonna get what you want from me i i i feel like people come to me with the opposite when they want the opposite like, like, they want okay. support or, like, they want, like, to be listened to. I'm like, yeah. I right. can be supportive, though. You can. But it'll come in, re- like, it'll come on its own. Yeah. Definitely. Like, there will be moments where I'm fine. And and you're like, hey, like, how are you feeling, truly? And I'm like, I'm not okay. <laughs> My dad has a crazy ability to. He's so good at it. Crazy okay. ability to, like, lean into you and be like, you're not okay. Yeah. And then you're like you're right and then you just like he's he's he can also tell a minor switch in personality like if you're sitting at the table and you're just like a little bit quieter at dinner he's gonna pull you aside later and ask you yeah and i feel like i got that too yeah because almost never no one's hiding from me (laughs) personality items nothing i am a detective truly private sarah hate it (laughs) personal investigator sarah you can't keep a secret from her guys it's impossible and I'm not talking about big secrets. I'm talking about, like, a surprise birthday party. Surprise birthday surprise. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> but, I mean, like, even, like, I can tell if you cut your hair half an inch. Yeah, it's true. And anybody. We didn't really... Did we talk about anxiety? A little. Yeah. yeah. We anxiety, could do a whole other parter. Anxiety, I feel like... What is there to be said? I do have something to say. I feel like I've never really experienced anxiety that badly. I have. Like, in school, I'd, like, be very nervous and worried about outcomes of like school stuff but like testing was terrible for me every time and presenting but lately stuff that i was not anxious about like the metro for example i am deathly afraid of the metro granted it is kind of spooky and creepy at night and like alone being a woman being a woman but like before i was i was still anxious but more okay with it like but now it's a little debilitating as you get older ignorance is bliss Like, as you get older and the more things you know, the more anxious you're going to be. Yeah. But I heard an antidote. Antidote? Antidote? It's antidote. Antidote. That really helps with anxiety. Anxiety is like an unwanted house guest. 
mm-hmm. that's going to come into your house, jump on their furniture with the muddy shoes, eat all your food, swipe shit off your counter, oh my God. and fuck shit up. So real. Are you going to let, are you going to open the door and let, let them in? Or are you going to shut the door and say, like, not right now? Yeah. Anxiety is fleeting. Yeah. You become a new thing to be anxious about all the time. Mm-hmm. So I always say, like, mm, tomorrow's problem. Yeah. And then I don't even remember tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. That is not, again, clinical anxiety. Like, that's just anxious behavior. But someone gets raped on the metro. And you see that. And you see that. You're like, like, I'm never going to go on the metro again. Yeah, you read an article about it. It's over. I don't want to go on the metro That was in broad daylight. Yeah. And that happens all the time. And, like, yeah. yeah. It's not... You're anxious because the world's scary. Mm -hmm. That's true. I think that's just normal. Yeah, and I feel like, (laughs) you know as a kid you don't go anywhere alone but like now i i I drive to the grocery store i go to the gas station alone yeah there's so many more opportunities yeah to get killed (laughs) so i don't think that that's like unnatural i think you do get more anxiety as you get older definitely yeah i have noticed that big time yeah so that's that i that's my life i hope you enjoyed it because i know i did (laughs) but yeah we're gonna stand we always sandwich hard episodes with good ones yes so this is your big sister advice to talk to somebody yeah anybody uh people you trust people yeah you want you know you know you know them you know who who, it, who they are and if you, and don't, if you don't you'll learn yeah <laughs> i'm like always a person who trusts everybody and i've learned yeah. yeah i don't think it's changed who i am but i am more selective yes definitely i feel like i am very open if i'm given the opportunity to be but I'm not just outwardly like I'll give anyone my social security number. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> not not actually, but saying it out loud at a hot pot. Oh my god. <laughs> that was no crazy. One, no one's writing it down. Fair. And someone asked. Did you ask me? I asked. I was like, friend, would you give me your social security number? And you just started blurting it out. I was like, wow. That's friendship. <laughs> yeah, that's that's love. Like, what are you gonna do with it? Nothing. That's true. Steal my identity? I have I know if I had your identity, else. I'd kill myself. <laughs> That that's not that's that's a joke. I have no every I know everything else about your identity. Oh my god, do you want to tell them about No. But there's been many times we forged each other's lives. Yeah. We're fine. What was oh I was filling out a form and I needed Sabrina to sign something, but she wasn't at my house. So I know her address, I know her no her number, I know all her names. She doesn't have a social security number. Yeah. So bada bing bada boom and i know what her signature looks like yeah <laughs> but i told her i was yeah. doing it slay <laughs> those are your true friends <laughs> yeah i can't do that for anybody else alex yeah family i feel like that's yeah it. but i don't know anybody's social security number actually weirdly enough i know my mom's last four digits of her social security number wait that's crazy why because my dad always is saying it to oh it's like a passcode to an account Oh, and I always grew, that. <laughs> well, I always grew up learning it, like knowing oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't know it, and you don't know what kind I'm talking about. I don't know. Somebody could get Sabrina got, oh, Sabrina almost got scammed the other day. Oh, my God, I did. That was so stupid. <laughs> so um, some somebody DM'd me on Instagram, my art Instagram, saying that they wanted a commission. It's been a while since I had a commission, so I was all excited. And they said something about, like, oh, it was, like, word for word, I later found out, a scam. Like, they were like, oh, my daughter, her name is Susie, and she wants, like, a commission. And then this person, like, wanted immediately to pay me. And I was like, girl, like, don't you, like, want some sketches or something first? And she was like, okay, what's your... Did um, they even give you, like, what they wanted done? Yeah, they told me. 
but it was like very quick. And I was like, okay, I'll get back to you. But they immediately were like, well, this is the paying arrangement I can do right now. And I was like, I have to talk to her dad about sending you a virtual check and whatnot. And so they asked me for my name, which I gave them. They asked me for my... The name of your bank. The name of my bank. Yeah. And then you realized it was a scam. And then I was like, what the hell? You don't need... You don't need my bank. If someone, here's your PSA. If someone's writing you a check, they just need your name. That's it. That's true. Yeah. And I knew that. So when they asked that, I was like, what the heck? But I still gave it because I was like, what in the world? Um, and then they never replied. Looked it up on Reddit. Word for word. Susie is a scam. <laughs> and so. Susie is a scam. <laughs> it was also like some dumb stuff about like, can you do a commission? It's always a Susie, huh? <laughs> always a Susie. Um, it was like. Can you do a commission on my daughter, Susie, with her favorite character from Paw Patrol or Spider-Man? And that's exactly what she said. I was like... Be better with your scams, people. Yeah, guys. Get a better scam. Like, do better. You're, that is just... That's a bad scam. It's lazy. <laughs> that's lazy scamming. That's lazy scamming. Although, I know that they would get, like, some old people. Yeah. Like, people that are not as my dad, know, internet like, savvy. My dad is very smart and you can't scam him that easily mm-hmm. but if you know him even a little bit he's like oh you need money i'm like do you even know that person or is that a friend of a friend please tell me what a guy i'm not like that no that's funny well i am gu- i'm not gullible though you're definitely not gull- gullible you'll ask a million questions right but you i feel like are more gullible i am very gu- well yeah i'm very gullible i am more so honestly i think it's i love how this stuff. turned into this one this has nothing to do with what we're talking about whatever this is content <laughs> y'all said you wanted longer episodes here it is so this was your mental health check-in yeah your Don't psa did not to get someone. scammed <laughs> go call someone tell them you love them yeah and until next time bye friend bye friend is my sideburn look like normal